two, one. Booyakasha, baby. Woo! Oh, tag team back again. (laughs) Check with the record. Let's be, oh, party on party people. Let's make some noise. DC's in the house. Make a jump for joy. Wow. That's we are now sued by uh, who are the people who sing whoop? There it is. Do you remember? Tag team. I just said it in the whole, it's in the opening line of the song. I, yeah, you did. I, I caught that. And I, what I wanted to say is that uh, a lot of our listeners might not know this, but uh, along with being able to tell you the name of the mascot of any college team in division one, divisions one through three. Uh, oh. Kenny can recite the the lyrics verbatim of any rap major rapper hip hop song released in the entirety of the fifty year history of hip hop that we are now celebrating. Thank you, uh, Vice President <laughs> Harris. I I appreciate uh, you just just coming out and just blatantly lying within the first minute of the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank yes, you. welcome to Fan Control <laughs> Fandom. I am Kenny Stevenson. I am Alex Enriquez, a liar. A liar, but a champion and a true warrior for all things in the fandom space, the cape space, as we like to say. And we, what is the cape space? This is, if there is a person wearing a cape in your content, we're talking about it. You wear a cape to fly through the air like you're Superman. You wear a cape to wave a little light sword around like Balin Skull, Ooh. or you wear a cape to like fight a dragon. But we are going to be talking more of the Balin Skull wearing cape, who's not in this most recent episode. But we definitely get some capes in the form of Darth Vader in Ahsoka episode five. Banger, you know, Banger never, never been a better time to be into this nerd stuff. I'll tell you that much. If you're, if you're not just showering in your riches, you need to just take a long look in the mirror, buddy. Take a long look in the mirror while taking a long, cold shower and just dead eyes the whole time as you stare at yourself. <laughs> you know what? F- fix yourself is what I say. Fix yourself. Fix yourself. For those of you who missed uh, Alex and I on the big fan controlled show broadcast it was announced officially we had teased it on this show september 29th two weeks from today we're recording on september 15th we will be doing this show live on the fan controlled sports and entertainment twitch feed and we're just going to apologize in advance yes it's it's (laughs) gonna look we're we're experienced broadcasters and actually experienced streamers i would say Um, yes and that's all I'll say. That's all that needs to be said. We we Thank are you, people yeah. who have done this before. And <laughs> something that we do every week on this show is we talk about the quick pieces of nerd news. It's called Quick Hits. I don't know how the stinger is going to work when we do it live, but we'll find out in two weeks. Here we go. Quick, quick, quick Hits. As my dog shuffles around in the background. Yes. You know what? We'll uh, play it off our phones if we have to. I know that we got it. We it, as long as it is an assault of the ears, as it is for all the podcast listeners. Now, if you're listening in two weeks from now, if you're if you miss the live stream, the podcast will still go up, and we'll put the stingers in the podcast. But we're just trying to figure out a way to get it in the live stream. I'm sure we can figure it out if they can use AI to make you know Luke Skywalker come back to life in Book of Boba Fett. We could probably make it so we could play a stinger live on a Twitch stream. I don't know. I mean, right? Right? You'd think. Right. 
you think, well, the big, again, we say this every week, you know, we're on strike. SAG is on strike. We're in like day 60 now. We're in like day 100 and something, 27 or 30 for the writers. We are not going away. You can do everything you want, Warner Brothers, and cry about how you're losing all kinds of money. You could have only lost $47 million if you'd given us everything that we wanted way back in May. So I don't quite feel sorry for you, especially since the first thing we're going to talk about is one of your pieces of content. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say I'll say this I'll say this for the studios. Uh, ha, ha, I see the headline now: "Boy who cried wolf shoots self in foot." Yeah, exactly. The not the amount of money. I think it was uh, Duncan, the guy Duncan from SAG, who's doing uh, most of the negotiating for us. You know, when Fran's not doing the negotiating, he said at the big rally, we had a big solidarity rally in front of Paramount on Wednesday. I watched the live stream. Cause I, you know, I can't take three full hours of work off. Come on. And uh, he said, you know, three to $400 million would have covered all that we are asking for, for every single studio. And then some, so, you know, don't, I don't have a lot of tears for you when you could have avoided all of this. So at this point, it's not about the money. It's just you trying to establish dominance. Like, you know, you're in the prison yard. So, you know, figure it out. Yeah. There's a there's there's one side that's right, uh, you know, one side of the table that's right, and not acting like a you know cartoon supervillain. Yep, twirling their must. David Zasloff and Ted Sarandos just twirling their mustaches like they're quote unquote dastardly. Um, so <laughs> the big the big piece of news that we got this week. Well, there's a lot. Of, there's actually a, somewhat a lot of news. Um, but the big piece of content that we got is we got a trailer for a film that. We have been talking about on this podcast as something that we can't imagine is going to be good. But there is a trailer dropped. It's still coming out in December. They have not pushed this film. It is Aquaman 2. And Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is the full title. Neither one of us has watched this trailer. We're going to live watch it over the pod right now. So, Alex, if you're ready... I'm ready. We can hit play. Well, let's let me bring it up and make sure I don't get like an ad because it still sucks when you're like, here we go. And then like an ad starts rolling. Yeah. So let me make sure. Oh, I got. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I've got, I've got an iceberg with the Warner brothers shield on it. And it was, it was in my ears quite loud. Um, so I'm going to have to turn you down. All right. So let's do like a three. Oh, wait, two- you know what? I should watch this on my computer so I can hear it. Not on my Apple TV. Give me two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a good idea. Watch so the sausage get made. Watch Look peel back, peel back the curtain and see the grains of sausage through the hourglass. <laughs> that's oh boy! Wow. I mean that that's got to be the next T-shirt. That's it. Yeah, that's the next T-shirt. Look through the the sands of the hourglass to see the sausage, the grains of sausage. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Like the sands of the hourglass, <laughs> these are the sausage of our lives. Um, so what we'll do is, is when Alex is ready and I'm ready, we'll do. You can, you at home, can bring up the trailer, and we'll say three, two, one, and we'll watch it at the same time. And I'm already like based, as we've said a lot, you know, what we've gotten from Warner Brothers DC over the past less than a year are three just steaming piles of garbage. So let's see what we get. <laughs> and they have not had any sort of trailer for this film. And this is a film that comes out in two and a half months. So 
can't imagine this is going to be any good. Let me know when you're ready, Alex. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. He's a oh, he's a what? He's a father now. Who do you have a kid with? I'm assuming. Oh, there's. There, there he is. There's Tamura Morrison, baby. Rex. Cast him as live action. Cast him as live action Omega. Yes, please. Oh. Omega. I find. I'm a king of Atlantis. Okay. This is great podcasting because people can't hear what we're saying. So there's like right, really great right. moments of dead air. <laughs> Yeah, we're. I mean, there's it's there's a big okay. So the visuals so far that we're presented with, well, are we're just pretty, assuming that you're watching along with us. Yes, we Ooh. are. We're, so so we're we're watching. There's you know he's talking about. Yeah, why did I think this was a good idea? We're assuming it's you're okay. watching along we're, with we're, us. From you know, we're already James committed Wong. to it at this point. So it, so it looks great. First, I mean, I'll just say that like the the visuals we were being presented with, and that's not a surprise. Um, oh yeah, and then Groot. Groot just showed up. It looks like it looks like there's Groot like a wooden here. Groot person, a Groot man, and he. Oh, and Patrick he Wilson fights is the back. Groot man to find his brother, and he makes his brother yeah. buff again when he finds his brother. Yeah, his Patrick skinny. Wilson has hit the gym before this movie. That's for sure. Oh, he's and now stuff some, is I'll tell you. fallen, fallen over. I, you know, he's electric. Stay with you. Yeah, will. There's a lot of Guga in this, but he's electric. I've been realizing more and more and more and more that the difference between like the movie star and the great actor is knowing yourself on screen, being able to project a whatever the presence is that people find appealing, being able to project that on command on screen. And he is somebody that can do that. Whatever you can say about his acting, whatever you can say about his performances in movies, like the, you know, the, you know, Vin Diesel obviously has had problems with him in the, in the well, Vin Security Diesel's movies, not but, one to talk, <laughs> but like he, he can summon his screen presence on command. And that is like the very definition of movie stardom. Exactly. Wow. I got to tell you this, this, they should just, title this bad boy like aquaman kitchen sink this is like lit it seems like literally everything is in this movie wow I, I okay think, I, you know what i think that's gonna be a hit wow that, these are some big bold statements big bold swings by you now that the audio has stopped in my ear i'm gonna i love that we had literally probably 10 full seconds of nothing happening in the podcast that's gonna be great I uh, forgot about that. Listening. Hey, I, I you thought know, that we, you know, if if we, that'll work on the visual, we, we'll if we get yeah, like when the we right do this, kind of software, yeah. we'll be able to show that. And that was a soft launch for the Twitch stream, right there. <laughs> right there, hard launch for the podcast. Um, hard, yeah, a lot, a lot hard about that. There is a lot to take in with this. <laughs> with this, there, like I will say, and I think we said this about the first Aquaman when we did a rewatch of it is of all the DC stuff that we get, it is a title that does seem to kind of have an idea of what it is in terms of like visual style. Doesn't always work, but at least there's like effort. This feels like to me, like there's like, there needs to be that like flashing, like caution, flashing lights. If you're sensitive, this needs to be like constantly being reminded of people when they're watching. Cause it, there was a lot going on in this bad boy, a lot happening. 
Yeah, that's there's people are definitely gonna have Pikachu seizures when they watch that. <laughs> Pikachu seizures. <laughs> is that is that what they call it? Is that what they call it when you're having uh, uh, the light sensitivity? It's it's strictly from, from Pokemon. It's it's anything if you're watching anything genre based and it causes you to have a photosensitive seizure. It's a Pikachu seizure. Catch them, catch them, got. I catch them all. Gotta catch a seizure Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Holy so you're Christmas. Sa- I know. So you're saying this looks like a hit to you, huh? It's already got, you know, the first one made like a billion dollars. People love Jason Momoa. The trailer's hot. It looks cool. People recognize the character. They're not trying to like relaunch anything. There's no bad press except for every you know except for the buzz around the studio and the ip holders which which nobody gives a shit about but us in the real world anyway so yeah i think it'll come out and people be like oh shit yeah let's do it like the big spectacle movies that that have a lot of guga in them have been hit or miss but i think that this is like it's going to be on enough billboards to get some some attention yeah we'll see i don't know i think this this you know we talked about we didn't get a chance to talk about the blue beetle um, because you were, you know, gallivanting across the globe, but you know that's a movie that did okay. I think probably better than expected, and so and was you know I don't think was you know critically critic wise it was you know kind of a well received film, but I still feel like there might be some superhero fatigue. So I, I don't know. I, this is a real mixed bag for me. I you know you know we had, we've reported before we've reported because we're reporters. We are about how the the testing for this movie has been terrible. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. It's just I don't know. I'm going into this with like, I mean, we'll definitely see it and cover on the pod just because we are professionals. But I'm it's a mixed bag for me. It definitely like I I'm definitely reminded of the things that I liked, which was like big choices and going for it, and some of that stuff really working. Some of it kind of not. I'm see we're sticking with the with the hair. We're sticking with the underwater hair floating and flipping around. Sure, okay. Like, <laughs> really like great, already, really great. We've already, we've already committed to it, so that's what we're doing. That's the bit. I'm here for it. I'm here, like, living with the bit. And But, you know, he has a baby, and we only saw Amber Heard for, like, a minute. Not even that, like, a heartbeat in the in the trailer. I'm assuming it's her kid. I don't know. We, I don't remember her having a baby, him having a baby at the end of the first movie. Am I mistaken? You know what? I no, I I mean I don't remember it either, but I, I'm just kind of like trying to prognosticate that maybe this is how they're wedging the the old orphan thing into the Aquaman mythos. Because originally, like Aquaman was a orphan that had you know his his mom had him, and then he washed up on shore, and the 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 lighthouse his keeper mom, took care of his him. mom had him in World War II Germany. Blonde hair, yes, blue eyed. Exactly. <laughs> she burst. She burst the aquatic ubermensch, and then said, you know, "Nurse, nurse to that," and uh, kicked him over to to Maine or whatever. But I don't know. Is this Aqualad? Are they trying? Were they trying to legacy? Like, maybe prop up legacies and houses. Young Aqualad. Let's get the young justice hive out. Um, maybe I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I'll see it. You know, you put. To, I I really need to see. I want to see like a full. Two and a half minute makeout sesh between Nicole Kibben and Tamara Morrison. You know he's our guy. 
We know we are definitely by far the day one boat stand kings, but real close behind that, we are like probably day 100 Tamura Morrison stand kings. So anytime we can get our guy, you know, sucking face with an Academy Award winner, I'm here for it. I want a full penetration love scene between the two of them. <laughs> I didn't I want to go like, there. I didn't want to the go there. Credits yes, play over it. I think, I think, you know, at this point in both of their careers as artists, it's the sort of bold pivot driven choice that it is almost demanded one make. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think, and I, I think just something to kind of show that the flame is still there for those two characters. Because we ship them, you know, we ship Tamara Morrison and Nicole Kidman in real life. I mean, if she wants to leave her country rock music playing husband, Aussie husband for a real New Zealander, you know, we'll see. I'm sure he, I'm sure Tamara, I don't know if he's married in real life, but I'm, why not? Sure. I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll go you one better. I, I would say that I would understand if she left her wispy country music husband for polynesian warrior tamira morrison i'm Thank that's all much. i'll say and yeah, no, may everybody be blessed sense. by the light of god exactly speaking of being blessed we are all blessed when we were given the news a couple years ago that there is going to be a donald glover lando television show on disney plus now very recently um donald glover hold on one second uh according to glover's brother and Atlanta EP Stephen Glover, Lando is pivoting from a Disney Plus series to a feature film. Deadline confirms the information. It's not even a show, Glover said. The idea right now is to do a movie. Right now, because of the strike, it's like a game of telephone. I mean, I'm here for it. This is on Pablo Torre, who's a, you know, he does a podcast called Pablo Torre Finds Out. He says that there is going to be a, a Lando movie. I think I can say very safely for you and I, I think a easy, very quick reaction to that is fuck yes. I'll double your fuck yes and triple it with a oh yeah, baby. Um, it, 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 it's, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm saying. That, no, that's that a triple really no, I think that it's, they're, I think part of this next phase of how they're going to work with Star Wars is about figuring out what works where. And it seems like your, your, our, our Ahsokas and our Andors are of a certain, they're not similar shows, but they have a certain tone to them that works on TV. Whereas I think a big splashy Lando movie, perfect. That'd be the perfect yeah. place to explore that character. And, and it's also, Agreed. I think, I think it's the right kind of, you know, dice roll to take on a star like Donald Glover, on a character like Lando. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Let's like give it to me. What you say? Give it, give it to me right away. <laughs> the, the, the Daz Band. I think that's who that sings that song. It's Rick James. Rick James. That's right. That's from um, "Give It to Me." What you say? Give it to me. Give me the stuff that's sweet, funky. Oh, and now we've and now we've been sued by Rick James's uh, trust. Um, yeah, no, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Like content like Andor and Ahsoka, these are things that are benefiting. Like season two, a lot of we've gotten from Mandalorian. These are things that are benefiting with from a longer runway. Like if we were to do try to do what Ahsoka's doing in two hours. 
we could probably do it. I have a lot of faith in Dave Filoni, but I think, you know, there's, there's room for that to be a longer thing, but to just say like, Hey, guess what? Lando's got himself into some trouble and he's going to spend two hours to get himself out of it. And, you know, so Han Solo is probably going to pop in and some other people, you know, are going to probably going to pop in. Great. That sounds awesome. I'm here for it. I really am excited about that being something Donald Glover is involved in from a creative standpoint too, and not just as, as the character, but you're right. Uh, you know, the, 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 the thing about Lando is he's not, he's not going to show us something new in the same way Ahsoka is trying to, you know, mm -hmm. like Lando's sort of a closed loop continuity wise, but Ahsoka, they're trying to push her and, and the, you know, the ancillary rebels cast, out into a different into different spaces different times different powers different all sorts of things and lando yeah, well, really can only explore places we've been yeah i mean we could you're there's a bigger gap in between end of return of the jedi and first order that filoni and john favreau are trying to kind of bridge that gap Whereas we've already gotten that essentially with Rebels and Lando famously shows up in season one of Rebels. So, I mean, who's to say we can't get Mary Elizabeth Winstead back in them, back in them headpieces. Uh, you know, why not? I thoroughly enjoying what she's doing on the show. We can even see a live action Kane and Jarrus, baby. Let's go. Freddie Prince Jr. D.A. Jim, whatever. Let's do it. I'm the LFG. LFG. But no, I think, yes, I just, this is, I'm totally of the things from solo which i you and i both agree is a super fun movie and i think anybody who really didn't enjoy it at the time i promise you if you watch it again it is it's not like the the movie is not trying to you know it's not supposed to be like a force awakens or even like a rogue one it is just a fun time and that's what it is would i have liked to have seen a lord and miller version of it 155,000 like i feel like ron howard is like the state it's like going from you know flying out of a plane without a parachute to like slowly lowly hovering over the the ground and just lightly jumping off the plane he's about as safe as it can get as a director but it's still a lot of fun and there's still a lot of cool stuff in it and you know, you got, there's great people. Woody Harrelson's doing great work in that movie. It's just a, it's just, and, and Donald Glover as Lando is awesome. And I also don't mind Engelbert Ehrenreich or whatever the hell that guy's name Engelbert, was. He, Engelbert Humperdinck. I like, I liked him. I think his, I he, did too. he had such a specific ask that in that, you know, and he, in the way that he had to pull a, the perfect amount from what we know of the character and also kind of use that to forge something new. I thought he did some, I thought he did that perfectly. And I was like, I'm, I was all set for more solo movies. Yeah, I know. And this is a, that's high praise coming from you. A man who literally owns a Han Solo costume and is ready to pop it on at any time. You are a Han. So for, to you to say that you were cool with the performance, that's saying something. Yeah. Hey, you know what? There's a, I think there's a little scoundrel in all of us. <laughs> Back to you, you know, Kenny. who's, you know, who's definitely somebody who is labeled as a scoundrel. It's that, is that crazy cat bad bunny. We had talked previously that he was set to star in one of these Sony Spider-Man characters of the Marvelverse films 
titled El Muerto. This was a this was a film that was on like had a had a release date and everything, and it, it because I'm assuming they're going to say it because of the strike. This he has now stepped away from the project. It is it is currently the project is off the calendar of upcoming releases, and it is uh, it's been removed and the direct the. Jonas Quaron directed Spider-Man spinoff would have served as the first time to feature a Latino character in the lead. But speaking with Vanity Fair, Bad Bunny and his publicist said plans to star in a Muerto look grim. Bunny, comma, whose real name is Benito Martinez Ocasio, fell silent when asked about the film's removal from the Sony schedule. After a prolonged silence, Sola said, next question. Martinez, Bad Bunny, added, I don't know what to say, saying the issue is delicate saying, obviously, it's out, Rever- referring to Martinez's involvement with the spinoff. So this is uh, not happening. This is not a happening film. And a character that we know almost nothing about. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I, you know what I can't wait to see? The movie about this whole little thing. That's what I'll, right. that's what I'll wait to see. That's what will come out before El Muerto with Bad Bunny. The, like, the dumb money version like you know the craig gillespie version movie that's coming out this weekend that's about yeah. the GameStop uh thing that was a documentary first a very good documentary yeah i want to see the movie about hollywood deciding to scrap and move titles because of the strike and it's almost the same you could cost you could cast paul dano as duncan guy from uh sag after <laughs> and you can cast Seth Rogen as David Zaslav. You can just use the same cast. You can you can hire Craig Gillespie. This is a soft pitch. If anybody wants to hire us to write this movie, we will, but not until after the strike. Yeah, we won't scab unless the money's really, really good. Speaking of scabs, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to go sideways. I just want to go sideways for a second, and I'm going to say, pardon my French, pardon my French, pardon my French. But seriously, Bill Maher can get fucked. I truly, I can't say that, I can't say that and stress that hard enough. The guy is coming back to do his show in such the whiniest way, basically saying like, well, we gave it, you know, the writers, I believe in them and they work, but I got to get back to work. And, And I'm just like, I truly, truly hope you fall off a fucking bridge. Okay, that's my little soapbox there. I just need, hold on, I see some clarification. Are you talking about rape apologist Bill Maher? Oh, and the apologist, the man has apologized for everything. Misogynist, apologist, apologist for saying the N-word on the TV. I truly don't understand how he still has a television show. He is a piece of garbage, and he's out here trying to say that, like, well, I got to get back to saving the world with my television show, so I got to step on everyone else's ass while I do it. I'm just, I have no patience for this garbage. Anyway, <laughs> I, 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 what I know of the man is that his vanity knows no bounds, that he, uh, his capriciousness is almost matched by his vanity. Uh, he's a small man in every single sense. And I truly do believe that those people, they, uh, you know, they, they get the karma. It's a wheel, baby. It rolls over on them. I hope so because I talk about a person who's been get like like the absolute epitome of like like white male just being allowed to screw up as much as possible and consistently getting third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chances 
and consistently showing his ass as being an absolute garbage person. Like I'm just, I'm done. Yeah, I don't, don't watch his show. I'm tired of it. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of people also getting fucked by this strike and by people like David Zaslav, because uh, Real Time with Bill Maher is on Max, which is a Warner Discovery show. Uh, as we've talked about at length on this podcast, the Batgirl movie, a fully completed film that was in editing, a picture locked film, uh, we will never see. It is was supposed to. It was a ninety million dollar movie set to premiere on HBO Max. We did not get that movie. We got the movie The Flash. Speaking of speaking of people who, you know. They are uh, non-binary, but they are male presenting in Ezra Miller, who was given many opportunity to F up as much as possible and still given a chance to get their movie out. We were told that this was a movie that had to be seen. It was terrible. And we still don't get to see this Batgirl movie. So the two directors of that movie, I'm going to ruin their names. I'm sorry. Adil El Abri and Bilal Falal, who are currently directing, they wrote, they directed Bad Boys for life they are directing bad boys four right now they recently said that they watched the flash these are the directors of the background movie that we will never see we watched it and we were sad we love director andy muschetti and his sister barbara who produced the movie but when we watched it we felt we could have been part of the whole thing we didn't get a chance to show back to the world and let the audience judge for themselves because the audience really is our ultimate boss and should be the deciders of of if something is good or bad or if something should be seen or not. Amen. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say to I, that. I just, I just think, like, it, it's, it's such a shame. It's just such a shame. I mean, obviously, these guys know what they're doing. They're, they're, they got bad boys. Like, that's not something – that's not a franchise you're trying to build. That's like, hey, handle with care. And, you know, cool. You're not gonna let let their Batgirl fly. I, I just not only it's did they so get rotten. Not only did they get bad boys, but they were respectful to kind of the 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 way that the genre, like the way that the films were shot. They didn't like make a a Michael Bay movie, but they made it feel as if it fit within the the other two films they didn't just decide to go well this is our movie we're gonna make it look however we want no they added stuff to make it feel like it fit within the franchise and at the same time like doing their own thing completely reinvigorating it a movie that was kind of released in early january of 2020 and went on to make a bunch of monies but these guys weren't chumps but you know they sure as hell got treated like them but their bosses were oh i mean ay 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 and it's so they just said it's the biggest disappointment of our careers as a fanboy just to be in the presence of Keaton as Batman. Reminder, Michael Keaton played Batman in this movie. That's just a privilege and an honor, but it's a bittersweet feeling. That alone, the fact that you got Michael Keaton to come out a second time and put that, you know, that suit's not comfortable. You know what I mean? You know, that's not a, like a fun thing for like a 60 plus year old man to put on and run around in. You can't, you can't, uh, you know what? You can't understate how, how great Michael Keaton was in that movie though. And how no, much he was no. asked to carry and how much he did successfully carry to me anyway. I, I, you know, I, I, 
I may just go back and watch it just to see him again. But uh, you know, the, the Flash. The, oh, he's the yeah. best part of the movie. Yeah. What a treat we we got, and then just why? Yeah. Well, I mean, we could we could rehash the Flash all day long, every single day. I mean, it's a movie that I laughed at a lot in the in the theater and had a really fun time. But then within like three minutes of introspection, was just like, wait, what? Wait, why? Who? Why? Why does? When in any of those movies did? Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne proved to have an advanced knowledge of quantum theory. None of them, but he has it very quickly when he's in this movie. Well, of course. Anyway, yeah. Why? Let's let's time spent. Let's on move on. That yeah, let's, better. I wrote some other stuff in the quick hits, but we got to get to Ahsoka, baby. Um, but before we do, we are on the fan-controlled sports and entertainment network, fan-controlled television or TV podcast feed. We have to give one piece of sports news. Alex, take us out to the racetrack, baby. Well, unfortunately, it's a, it's not the lighthearted sort of romp through the uh, the gossip that I usually like to take. It's kind of a serious issue that uh, that is still prevalent all over the world, but especially in the kind of old school mentalities of Formula One racing. Uh, Red Bull Racing advisor Helmut Marco, who through his he's an employee of red bull not red bull racing which they've made a distinction about he runs the junior racing program but um when asked about sergio perez the number two driver at red bull and his comparatively lackluster performance as compared to champion max verstappen helmet marco said uh, about sergio perez who comes from mexico he's south american and he is just not as completely focused in his head as max verstappen <laughs> and <laughs> Okay. Uh, so that's that's a thing that somebody said in the year of our Lord 2023 and later was forced by his employer to say, I was trying to make a point that uh, Perez has fluctuated in his performance this year, but it was wrong to attribute this to his cultural heritage. Uh, I had a private conversation with him. Uh, he, he said the same. Perez says he accepted the apology, but, you know, this is something that is just something you have to be on the lookout for. It's it's everywhere around everybody informing the decisions of people who are very, very important all around the world. But, you know, this is Sergio Perez is a driver from Mexico. He's a very accomplished driver. And he has to deal with people who feel this way about him. So how do you win as a person of Mexican heritage with that as like a very, very highly regarded person in the world of motorsport and also at your employer who feels that way about you just like kind of on site? Uh, so... Hey man, uh, you know the the uh, the monsters all around you. Keep uh, ju- you know just hey to quote Lando Calrissian, stay woke. <laughs> you know that there's definite comments on that announcement of a Lando movie being like, oh here we Star Wars is going to the woke police. Um, yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Uh, in my news, uh, the Team USA, the FIBA World Cup, wrapped it up over the weekend with a gold medal game versus uh, with Germany versus Slovenia. There's a name missing there. That's right, USA. They played in the consolation game and lost to Canada. So Team USA making it to the uh, not even leaving the FIBA World Cup with a medal and be. Because of that, all of the uh, this is what happens every seven or eight years with Team USA basketball is after we lose, all the big players are like, well, I guess 
So we got to go play again. So now 38 will be, no, turning 39 and will be almost 40 by next summer. LeBron James says he wants to play in the Olympics in 2024 and whatever. Sure, let's go. I personally feel like they shouldn't have the Olympics anymore, but that's another comment for another time. It's Alex. all, look, everything, every time, all the way. Uh, do you mind if we pause very quickly? I need to close my window. There's a lot do of your things thing. happening outside. I have to pour another coffee. Is that okay if we t- yes, take a pause? Yes, do your thing. Do right. your thing as long as it's not like 40 minutes. I, I 29.35 <laughs> at the most. And we're back. Just... Just, I love that you clapped for the sink there, and I just kept going like it don't mean shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, you, as you always do, are just grinding the pavestone and peeling back all that sausage to make all that flow behind the curtain look seamless. Um, who do we have as our corporate underwriting sponsor for the week this week? Well, actually, I, and I had to do some kind of wrangling because technically we're struck and we're not allowed to promote stuff that's on the networks, but we're able to do it because we're uh, news and information, reporting on news and information, which is a tip I got from Drew Barrymore. Um, <laughs> so I I got the best idea. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but it's just about the new fall lineup on Amazon Prime and Freebie. Uh, in light of the strike, they've shifted their their broadcasting priorities and and brought some things to the fore that they were, you know, they shifted their strategy. So the new fall lineup is going to look a little different. Uh, so the first show they've got is Island Love, not Love Island. It's Island Love. It's a live footage of two small islands in a remote archipelago. Will they meet and fall in love, or won't they? Forty thousand episodes available now on Prime. Uh, Forty thousand. <laughs> Also available on Prime is Stop, You're a Flame. Uh, we light a random stranger on fire and ask them trivia. And then uh, another, this is a brand new documentary series called The Race to Space. It's a series, a documentary series about the recent efforts by private space companies, the desire for a home in the stars, and why Jeff Bezos' dick is totally way bigger than those other guys's. <laughs> all on Amazon Prime? It's all on Amazon Prime this fall. I love it. Well, we're fall. Fall is starting a week from today, baby. We get the the fall equinox is coming up in one week from today. What a broadcast that will be for us! That was my, oh my very God. intense talking voice. Oh, what a week will, that'll be for us! I am going to charge my crystals and my perineum. <laughs> I could go just like full full Will Arnett and just go here. <laughs> I would love I would love to talk like Will Arnett, but I would have to clear my throat all the time. I did a TikTok. I did a TikTok of um, Sam Elliott and Will Arnett doing talking about which truck has the most uh, better towing capacity. Because you know, good. The, Sam El- the Sam Elliott does the Dodge, and the Will Arnett does the GMC. Anywho, let's get to Ahsoka. Let's get to Ahsoka. We Ashoka, this this is we're hitting it hard now. Okay, we are at episode five, part five, Shadow Warrior, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Dave Filoni. Here's the recap: Harrison Dula arrives on Setos, where she finds that Ahsoka and Sabine are gone. While investigating alongside his mother, 
Jason Sindula, I love that we got the full name for Jason Sindula in the recap, <laughs> senses that Ahsoka is in the world between worlds, thus revealing his own connection with the Force, which we already kind of knew. In the in-between space, or the world without worlds, Anakin Skywalker explains to Ahsoka that he had been watching her through the Force. Who wrote this? No, this is not what happens. This is an absolutely insane Wikipedia post. This is a but subjective we'll interpretation of yes. a subjective experience. Watching her through the Force and deduces that her loss with Balin is partially due to her unresolved guilt over the events that drove them apart. Okay, I kind of what? agree with that. Ahsoka, I said kind of. Ahsoka, Ahsoka loses a duel with Anakin and relives fragments of her past during the Clone Wars, during which she grows concerned that her legacy will only be one of fighting. Believing Anakin's teachings include his legacy as Darth Vader, she initially refuses him, determined to not be held back by the past, which leads to another duel between them. Finally, understanding that she wasn't involved in Anakin's downfall and that her legacy is her own choice, now we're getting more to what has actually happened. Ahsoka chooses to live and continue fighting. Ahsoka is recovered by Hera's crew, and through her powers, she learns that Sabine is with Skull or Balin. Sin Hera is contacted by Mon Mothma, who informs her that New Republic forces are en route to take her and Ahsoka into custody. As the Republic fleet detachment arrives, Ahsoka recruits a pod of Purgle to take her and Hu Yang to Ezra and Sabine, while Hera, Jason, and Chopper stay behind. That was pretty good recap there. Alex, reaction to the episode. I'm going to clear out. Here's the ball. Go crazy. I love Dave Filoni so, so much. I don't think anybody since, uh, you know, guys like Kasdan and Kirshner have been able to make sense of Star Wars so well. And, uh, you know, I think that he's, he understands, he understands the the place, the lore, the space of it, the way that he's building things out is is really exciting i keep using the word exciting but that's really like this is the most this, this ahsoka series is the most exciting thing to happen to the to star wars since like the clone wars series basically it's um it's so good and it's it's so expansive and yeah there's there's all like it's so thoughtful it's thoughtful in the way like you know I've, i think i've said before george lucas was trying to like distill a lot of philosophy into star wars and dave filoni is doing that but with i think genre material you know that we've talked yeah. about the way this reflects gandalf uh we've talked about the way that this you know it, it it's it's very very inside of itself in the way that star wars is always meant to be uh i i'm it was just so cool so so yeah. cool. like five <laughs> yeah, out of five you can we can break it all down, but then eventually it's just like, but it was also just so cool. Just no, awesome. Dude, I, dude, yeah. live action Clone Wars stuff. That Let's is go. like, that stuff was just frankly unbelievable. I, there, my reaction to a lot of this episode when I was watching it was just like, I, my brain couldn't compute it all. Like, I was just like, this is wild. And the thing that I found that was, this was to me kind of played as almost like a culmination of everything that Dave Filoni has been tasked to do with 100%. all the animated properties. And 
one of the things that he was tasked to do and which he achieved in the animated series was to build out Anakin's character. And other people have pointed this out. Um, Eric Voss has pointed this out on New Rockstars. The Midnight Boys have pointed this out. Um, I'm sure other, many other fandom podcasts have said as much. But the, the Hayden Christensen, the Anakin that we got in this episode is unlike any Anakin that we have ever seen in film, in the live action space. Because the only, the way that we have seen Anakin on film is as a kid, as a bratty little kid in the first one, it wasn't even Hayden. Second one, he was very like um, whiny. You know, Anakin in general has always been kind of whiny and they're holding me back, um, Master. Yeah, like and and that's my and, impression of Taron Killam doing his impression of Hayden Christensen. By the way, <laughs> got it exactly. Um, but like you know, they're even in Revenge of the Sith. Like everything that he was doing, that never did we see somebody who was all the things that he said he was. He was supposed to be a great uh, leader of the Clone Wars. We never saw that in live action. We saw it in the animated series, and then we saw that person in this episode, complete with, like, the arm, like the full getup, like the, 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 the armored kind of getup that he wore through the first season, couple seasons of the animated show. And it's just a whole other person than we've ever seen in the movies, but you've seen in the shows. And we were, and Dave Filoni was just like letting everybody know like, oh yeah, this guy exists. Like this is all part of the lore. And if you haven't watched the animated series, I'm going to show you. And if you have seen the animated series, you're going to be like, Ooh, look, it's the thing that we all watched. Yeah. I mean, just amazing. I, I, I really, really appreciate his approach to all this stuff and i think that it's as it goes as far into the wow this guy is playing with all of the toys really well as it does into like oh some serious kind of thoughts about the larger narrative he's a part of i think how it in the larger sense this is one of those metaphorical deaths that characters go through before they return to the living world having changed so like you know luke skywalker does this in empire strikes back you know he mm -hmm. he's injured he falls when he comes back he's different that's a metaphorical death that happens in you know joseph campbell will tell you that happens in every story ever told character goes out from where they are familiar dies in some metaphorical way and then comes back having changed in a way that helps them see through to the end of their journey. And I think I mean, we're going to get to this, but there's something about his thoughtfulness in how Ahsoka and Luke suffer their metaphorical deaths in similar ways by falling Their Their underworld struggles are different, but when they come back, the next time you see them, the next time you see Luke, he's all in black. When the next time you see Ahsoka, she's all in white. Yes. Yes, the, all these things. That's the thing that he, he is so, Floney is so good at is that it's, it's the thing that he's done, which is, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels and the character who he's like meticulously worked with since inception. But it also is still Star Wars. Like Star Wars is constantly about masters and apprentices. This is still like about a character learning how to overcome 
what her own guilt over her over her relationship with her master as she is trying to actually apprentice someone and that being like a hang up for her and in order for her to do that she has to con- like literally confront her master i just was just like really just overall impressed like you know especially with hayden you know a guy who absolutely I mean, just just to be like just to be blunt as hell is just not good and I don't think it's necessarily a fault of him as a performer. I just think he's a younger person and just doesn't have like, you know, they didn't put that in the character. At all. They didn't put like, he didn't have a lot of lived experience as somebody like Anakin Skywalker is supposed to have like, you know, a guy who was born into slavery and, you know, his mother was, has never really had his own life, went from like a slave to going directly into the Jedi order and then directly in becoming a general and like at no point did he have like kind of his own say over what he was doing in his life. And when he was, when Hayden was like 20 something, he just didn't have that gravitas to him at all. Well, it would have been a miracle if he he could have pulled a good performance out of the bad writing and zero direction that he was given Mm -hmm. at that age, it would have been a miracle. Like even the great, great actors can't, pull blood from a stone like that but i agree with you certainly now having been an actor for a long a lot more time he's he was absolutely amazing i loved his portrayal in this episode i i i I think it was there's a part of it that was like oh this this is the anakin that could have been a hundred percent and like if we'd actually gotten like some of this Ahsoka stuff, which at first when you are first watching the Clone Wars movie, you're like, this is ridiculous. He doesn't have a Padawan. This little like this is like a tr- true ploy for kids. But like the fact that he has one and there is a full like breadth of experience there, it just adds more depth to this idea that. The reason why Anakin has be, been able to be corrupted by the dark side is because of his attachments. It's because of his insistence on having attachments and having emotions and having strong feelings towards people that when they get in trouble, they lead to anger. And that's, you know, anger is the, you know, the way to the dark side. It just adds to that way more than just like, you know, Padme, I can't be with Padme. We're on Coruscant and we have to duck behind this pole to kiss, and uh, which is something I've always found to be goofy. And I've said on this show before, like there are plenty of planets. You don't have to be in the planet that is populated by billions of people. <laughs> probably go to probably go to Naboo and live in a forest and do whatever you want. No one would ever know what was going on. But hey, <laughs> the choices you make diddle away in the in the Naboo forest, man. Yeah, get some Gungans watching. Anyway, <laughs> something else that was a little jarring to me. So I wanted your take is this. We actually got to see. So we've, we've only ever seen Ahsoka as an adult in live action. Seeing her as the age that she was, which we've talked about on last week's episode, she is like a straight up child in yes. war. And when you see her, it's like, oh, you are a child in war and it is it was was that a little jarring for you it was a little jarring for me at first it was jarring but it also you know ironically i felt a little prepared as it were because of reading reading the book and and then making a point to call out that this was a little kid that was having to go like 
fight, kill, order people to die and stuff like that. And I think they handled that so artfully, the transition between those two versions of herself played by the same performer, but, but yes, articulating that, that transition and that evolution of that character uh, really, really capably for a performer so young. Um, also I young Gamora, that, also young Gamora from uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yes, Same that's actor. true. And and, uh, and, and America Ferrera's daughter in Barbie. Uh, no, she's a, really she's terrific. A great, great performer. I you you know you you've got an early battle there where she's you know she's looking down the barrel of is this going to be me and then a late battle that is yeah this is going to be me you're going to fight for 2 years solid and at one point you're going to you like your whole, the whole order is going to turn its back on you all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I live action clone troopers, man. Live action Rex. I mean, that's the we thing did that is so on. I was hoping we'd get more of like a. I mean, I know it was the kind of thing where you had to. Um, I like after the fact had to be like, wait, was that Rex? Because like you know, all of the clones are going to have our guy Tamir Morrison's voice. So you know, but I had to look back and like, oh no, that's definitely Rex because the second scene is the Siege of Mandalore, which is episode, which is season seven of Clone Wars, and that's a specific a plot line that's while Anakin is back on Coruscant becoming corrupted by the dark side Ahsoka takes uh, some clone troopers to help on um, the Battle of Mandalore and it's her and Rex and so and you can even see some of the clone troopers run by and they have the orange painted helmets which they did in that episode but it's so much better like I mean, we've talked about the, the prequels so much, but one of like the major mistakes that I've always thought about the prequels is just ev there's just no real clone troopers. They're just any like when the the helmet came off, it was Tamura Morrison and then Digley. But as soon as the helmet went on, they went immediately animated. And I'm like, we can't have like three or four guys just standing there. It would, and so it's so nice to see like actual live act every time they've done it we saw it a little bit of teased in mandalorian when we saw or i think that was book of boba fett actually where we saw grogu flashing back to order 66 every time i've seen live action clone troopers i've been like yes i think it, i love it it's been one of the hallmarks of this latest phase of star wars since the disney acquisition and something that i think has been part of why everything has at least felt better is this return to the real like you know actual yep. i mean and i even think that the the way that they're using that stage extension technology is a return mm. to the real because those actors are there in an environment they can see not imagine you know putting over a green screen in their head you know like yeah putting putting actual texture on things for the viewer is part of part of what makes star wars star wars i i also i think i want to go back to this thing about Ahsoka as a child during the Clone Wars as one of many children involved in the Clone Wars through the Jedi Order I think it goes back to this ambiguity that Filoni is trying to to kind of pull out of the Star Wars universe where you know people are used to the binary of the red lightsaber and the green lightsaber or the blue lightsaber you know they there's good guys and bad guys bad guys use the dark side good guys use the light side and Filoni has spent all this time introducing us to the so-called gray figures of the bendu the mortis god the the central guy um even ahsoka herself when she leaves the order she's no jedi and why would she want to be a part of an order that forces children into battle it, like like that the background if you really start to dig you see that 
it wasn't, it, there's a lot of gray. And I think that Dave Filoni is way better at articulating that than George Lucas is. You really have to dig for that in Lucas's narratives. You know, he like, oh, I guess, yes, you're right. If the Jedi allowed themselves to be clouded, then they shouldn't have been in charge of the galaxy, blah, 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 whatever. But Filoni actually has a way of showing you that rather than inartfully telling you that. Yeah, George is all about exactly on the surface. There's nothing underneath. There's no there's no depth. And that's why I would argue probably that's why Filoni has been able to fill that in so gracefully because there was nothing there. So when there's nothing underneath, you have an opportunity to kind of fill. There's a lot of room to fill that. And that's what he's been doing. And that's a great point that you made about this time. Because my first reaction when I was watching this was like, well, why these two specific moments like why did we go back to these two moments the first time people have been able to figure out because there are uh twi'leks there that this is probably the battle of ryloth this is something that happens in season one in that particular one she actually sent a bunch of clones to die she said she gave an order and they were they were it didn't work out and a lot of them died and that's kind of where they are when they're on the planet there I think that's a great point that you're making about how in these gray areas, like the Jedi sent children to war and that's her, that's, that's where she like started her apprenticeship is in the middle of war. So she, that's why potentially it's been so hard for her to have a Padawan train Sabine refused to train Grogu Um and whatever she's had in before, before we've seen, I mean, something obviously happened. She, I would assume whatever happened between her and Sabine originally is what made her not want to train Grogu as well, because she also, I just rewatched that episode with my daughter. Actually. She also says that he has, he has too many attachments. He has, cause Ooh. Grogu is attached to Din Djarin. And so, but so that she has all, so that's where she goes. That's almost like the start of her relationship with like, this is a little messed up. Like <laughs> you are, I'm a kid, but then we cut to two and a half years later where I love that line when Hayden was like, I don't know this fight because he wasn't there. Yeah. But, but at that point, if you've watched season seven, the last four episodes of clone wars, they should just make that a movie and put that out. It is solid. It is really, really right. solid storytelling. But in, I've just kind of clicked to me as to why you go there is because she's now made it two and a half years in the last like probably six months by herself. And so she's become this thing. But at that, that moment where she has had this big, she kind of helps siege, just like uh, keep back the siege of Mandalore at that same moment is when her master turns and becomes Darth Vader and <laughs> kills a bunch of younglings. So which she was. So of course you're going to carry that guilt and some and some sense that you were respond that you had a hand in that throughout your entire life. I mean, and, and then not want to be a part of that. It's really that's where you're right. Filoni is cooking in this space where we're not necessarily light side, dark side. We're in, in between. It, it or that that you know, I think that there is a binary in the light and the dark. Sure. But I think what maybe he's getting to is that the Jedi probably aren't your only source for light side. The Sith are like, these are, you know, the people keep talking about him being into the imperfect mentor. 
these systems, these orders are imperfect. The Sith, there's only two of them. Yep. The Jedi Order, it's this whole bureaucratic system that is, has blinded itself and is to the point where when war breaks out, they're like, yeah, we're sending kids. I don't know. What are we supposed to do? Yeah, it, it's and they only operate in these weird binaries. And it's so funny because the Jedi are like, well, the 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 Sith, only the Sith deals in absolutes. But whereas the Jedi at the same time were like, well, we were peacekeepers and now we are we are generals in the war. And there's no there's no if or ands. And it's like you guys also are operating under this binary that you can't have attachments, but the Sith are the ones who are the deal in absolutes. And I'm like, but kind of y'all do. And so all this stuff exists within the you know what we have, what we had before Dave Filoni went out to make anything. This is all we have, but there's tons of questions that exist in there. Like, you know, <laughs> Lucas went to great pains to, you know, we had all thought Yoda was the greatest Jedi of all time, but you know, good old Shibi Palpatine was able to fool you, Yoda. So what does that say? It's it, I yeah, Shivan Palpatine. The Shivan. We have to say is put some respect on his name. It's Shivan. Put some respect on his full name, Glaudius Shivan Palpatine. <laughs> Glaudius? Glaudius. <laughs> Not Claudius. Glaudius. I, I, I got into a years ago before Twitter was as bad. Um, I got oh, into a, a you discussion. Mean yeah, I I X'd into a discussion with uh, Luke Adams, world famous Luke him. Adams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had he had said that um, only a Sith deals in absolutes was the dumbest line in Star Wars history, and I said, I said, well, I think this is pod racing is the worst line, and this is before the oh. sequels had come out. And he said, 100%. well, the, I hate the contradiction of only a Sith, a Jedi is telling this, uh, hey, only a Sith deals in absolutes, which is an absolute. <laughs> yeah, to totally, a hundred percent. Like it's like there's a real the thing that is that I think is also something that it is explored more in this as this lore is built out is this idea that there can be only two there are two sith there are two sith but but there is also always like a third person there by proxy like every sith always has like a secret person that they're also making as their apprentice because every sith apprentice is wanting to overtake their master and that's just and that's the through line there like Shivi wanted to take over Darth Plagueis and then Maul wanted to, everybody wants to take over the, the, the top spot. Everyone's gunning for that number one spot to quote my good friend, Ludacris. Um, to but quote he, my good friends uh, in, I uh, forgot, everybody wants to rule the world. You mean Tears for Fears? Tears for Fears. God You're welcome. It. You're welcome. I, you know, I, 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 yeah. It's there's also don't forget your um the, the like the lapdog assistant guys. They got you got to have a Grievous and stuff like that. There's only two, yeah. but there's also like this guy and that guy. And there's a side. That's what I'm saying. Like even like yeah. even when even, yeah even when Count Dooku was the apprentice, he had his own apprentice, the Sage Ventress, who then she at some point had um, what's Darth Maul's brother's name? Savage Press. Savage Press. I mean, everybody's just like, you know what I need? I need a second over here. Everyone's like, they're getting ready to do a duel. You get your first, you get your second, and you get guns, and you meet out by the uh, that you meet it at the dawn over in uh, New Jersey, Hamilton. Uh, yeah, you did it. All of us. All of a sudden, it's Darth Vader and Savage Press, and he's like, wait, aren't you my great grand apprentice? 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, no, no. Anakin I'm your Skywalker. second apprentice once removed. Yeah, there was marriage. that great scene in Clone Wars where Anakin is fighting Savage Opress, and he's like, you know, years from now, I'm going to be your great, great uh, uncle uh, uh, master. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, first of all, thank you for listening an hour in to watch us go deep into the uh, the Clone Wars lore with Savage Opress. Anyway. Ha- hashtag uncle master. <laughs> Hashtag Uncle Master. Well, this this kind of goes into something else that I put into the show notes. Is and I is this? I feel like at this point because we're always kind of wondering, well, who is this? You know, for us as people who have watched everything, this show to us feels like it's just being played out for us, like because we know what everything is. Like, is is he at a point now where Filoni is just like, okay, I'm just making this show for the diehards because there's a lot of stuff happening in this episode where you wouldn't really know what's going on. Yeah. You know what? The point that I've reached is the point where I don't give a shit if what anybody else's experience is with this, like hell. Yeah. He's like, it's Disney has a history of getting with people who, who know how to cook and just go, let them cook. It's working. We don't gotta, we don't gotta meddle with it. We don't gotta, Hey, it's working. They people people like it. People are tuning into Ahsoka and getting deep with force magic and and watching the Clone Wars and yeah, I I don't care. I don't care if we're the only two people watching it. I'm loving it we're so not much. Though, I love it enough for a thousand people. That's great. I think that's actually a good point. That's the sell when you're when you know Bob Iger's like, but you're gonna do we're gonna bring Hayden back and all this stuff. And he's like, and then Dave Filoni's like, yeah, but get this. All you gotta do is link on the platform. After the episode, you just suggest Clone Wars, and there you go. I guarantee you people have already started watching. The thing is that, stuff. you know, because it's not an ad-supported platform, or at least there, I, I don't think it is yet. Disney Oh, Plus, no, it is. It, it is. is? Yep. Oh. Well, you, we don't, you, we, you, they basically, what they did was, is if you were already in, they just have said, oh, we've raised your fees. They just did this, like, two days ago. Oh shit! That's We've raised right. your fees. If you want to pay less, these are our ad-supported options. So we, who have never like decided to lower what we're paying, we've never experienced it. And just like there's a now ad-supported Netflix, like we, but you're not. The default is to not give you that. The default is to keep you where you are, but just raise your prices. And then if you want to go back, you go into the ad-supported portal. It's a real conundrum these guys are pulling. I'll I'll be honest with you that uh, ad supported to me is almost always worth it. Uh, but the one place that I will not countenance advertisement, the one premium platform that I will keep until the day I die, YouTube Premium. Well, yeah, that's as somebody who has to constantly view stuff on YouTube for work. It truly blows when there's always ads. Um, do you think that <laughs> this was Anakin? So the last time we saw the world between worlds. Actual Ezra was in there who then pulled actual Ahsoka out from another experience on Malachor. Do we think that this was actually Anakin's force ghost or was this some sort of manifestation that Ahsoka was working through in her own head based on what had just happened? Because what had just happened was that she was defeated by Balin because of that sense of betrayal that she got from Sabine. And this, so... In my mind, 
she went through and is working out these ideas of guilt and betrayal from the last time she was betrayed, which was from her old master. That's what I saw it in my head. What do you think? I think it is. I also think that it's it's a lot of things in my in my mind. This is this is really Anakin. Anakin is able to articulate things about his experience. He says, you know, he he refers to events that Ahsoka would not have known about. Yes. Uh, and That's a good also point. isn't omniscient enough to know about things he wasn't there for. I also think it's a manifestation of her memories of him through the force. I think it's, I think basically she was in every way you can be without being dead. She was one with the force in this moment. This is how her mind perceives it. She's, you know, this world between worlds, it manifested this Anakin. It was, it's like, I think to me, this seemed like a super meditation. She reached Ooh, this state where she was able to uncover idea. the subconscious, put it in the avatar of this figure, which is also through the connection to the force, able to be manifest and real to an extent in every single form of him. You know, it's the ones that she, all of the ones that she knows up until Darth Vader. And, uh, you know, I think, I think part of it is part of that opinion that it's not just his force ghost is informed by, I, I think if it was just his force ghost, there wouldn't be all the contemporizing of his outfits and his look. I think he yes. kind of they would keep him looking similar and more mm -hmm. his participation in things and his like ability to fight her um means he's I think he's something different than just a force ghost. But I think that's Anakin. Um and I think I think it's a like I said before, I think you you took you took it both ways you, you took it one way of the two ways you can take it that this is the anakin we that could have been in the high level sense of the performance we could have gotten out of a different actor with a different script but i also mean that this is a vision of the chosen one the anakin who could have been the savior of the galaxy were he not corrupted by the dark side a yeah, confident we, brash warrior we, yeah we got it all we got something like i said we haven't seen before we got like one thing you will say about the prequels, the lightsaber duels are pretty great. And I love Holy we shit, got yeah. all we got the like spinning the lightsabers. We did a lot of the, the like that stuff was great. And we got some, you know, if you just we always point to it. Watch the new rock stars, they do a great job. They broke down how Anakin does some like Sheev Palpatine moves and then uh uh Sheevan Palpatine. Glaudius Sheevan. <laughs> well, I even noticed too that that there's some they have kept Anakin's lightsaber maneuvers consistent since the Clone Wars. Whoever's fight choreographing further on is matching it. And there are some movements like one of his initial lunges, he kind of leads with his front knee, trailing his back leg behind him and sort of does this big swinging thing. I'm like, I've seen him do that in the cartoon. And in the live action um, prequel movies that they, I don't know. It's just that they can't, they don't have to do that. I wouldn't notice yeah, if they, it weren't there. I wouldn't be like, he's not fighting the same, but they did. But you know what? Somebody would. So they did. Yeah. Um, and then they, they, if they fight, fight, fight choreographer messed it up, they'd get their life threatened and have to move. So yeah. it's just better to do it. Better to do it. Um, so we've reached a point now. Ahsoka is now, uh, come out, decided to live, and in deciding to live has let all this weight go. She's now Ahsoka the White as to draw the Lord of the Rings parallel. She Even her performance is lighter. She's 
joking as Anakin, you know, is in the middle. She's like, how can you be cracking jokes as people are dying? And he's like, hey, baby, it's part of being a Jedi. <laughs> and that's, he says, that's showbiz. And he puts on sunglasses. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then there's there that really sick guitar riff. <laughs> it was awesome. That was the that, coolest part. That was the coolest part. But we're at a point now where I think early on we were hoping to see Thrawn like pretty clearly. But I think because of all the work they've done, if we don't see Thrawn by like episode eight, I don't think it's going to be like a big disappointment because everything else we're getting is so great, you know? Yeah, I couldn't give two shits if Thrawn doesn't show up. I'm like, hey, whatever I mean, you're doing, up. keep doing it. He's showing up at some point. I mean, at this point, we know where we know where they're going. They're not just going to be like on Hera and Jason for three full episodes. I mean, the show is called Ahsoka. So, and she went wherever they went. So we're going to see Thrawn. And I think what's going to happen is they're going to try to get back, but some people are going to get lost. And so I'm, this is what everyone thinks. So the next show is Skeleton Crew, right? And we don't know anything about that show. But I think, like, on the way back, like, some people are going to get lost, and one of those people is going to be Thrawn, and Thrawn's going to be in Skeleton Crew on this ship with Jude Law and a bunch of kids, and it's going to be peak Star Wars. Characters are kids, baby. Pew, 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 pew. I'm into it. Let's do it. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me how you do that trick. Alex, this is a very easy question. Is this Star Wars or Star Trek? <laughs> this is Star Wars, baby. It's almost like this This is Star Wars now. Like, episode four is like, oh, it's it's fun that they tried that. Uh, you know, it's like this, this now Ahsoka to me is Star Wars. I'm watching it in silent in the background. It is Star Wars now. Congratulations to Dave Filoni, George Lucas. Better luck next time. Yep. This is, this is literally Jason says something about a galaxy far, far away. That's where they're going. We are, this is so Star Wars. It's quoting its own crawl. This is, this is, this is it, baby. This is Star Warsiest as Star Wars could be. Who's your David, you've done it. Who's your big winner of the episode? I, I think it's Hayden Christensen. Yep. You know, what a what a follow-up after getting everybody so jazzed on him again with his appearances in Obi-Wan um, and, and showing us a completely different side to this character that he, you know, like we've never seen, he's never touched. It's, I love that he, it, to me, feels like he's taken his cue a lot from the much more experienced at playing Anakin, Matt Lanterman, who did the voice on the Clone Wars. Um, and it, I honestly, it made me go like, how do we get, how do we get more like five episode cl live action Clone Wars miniseries yep. go? General Absolutely. Anakin Skywalker flying around yes. doing stuff. No dark side crap yet, but just like, yeah, I, 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 I appreciate him and appreciate him like, making this big triumphant return so much yeah big he's by far the big winner like you're right i almost feel like he watched all the episodes of the clone wars and almost was like stoked to be able to get to play this guy that he never got to play and was kind of relishing in it and there was just such a way like when even when he was smiling at her when he was joking there was still like there was some weight behind it, like, because you know what he's going to be. And there were so many times during the prequels where I never felt like, oh, this guy's going to be Darth Vader. They just kind of made him Darth Vader. You know what I mean? And no, and he's just, Darth Vader now. Look, he's well, evil. Well, it was all like math. Like, we've done the math. Yes. The reason why he's evil is because of attachments and Jedis aren't supposed to have attachments and he's too attached and that corrupts him. Okay, got it. But it never really came across because we were only on the surface. So where now Hayden has some actual life experience and is this 
all this stuff he could look at to inform his character. And it, oh, it was great. Obviously big loser. It's, I mean, it's a joke at this time. There are literal flying whales. There's no reason why Sam's Wilson's boat couldn't have just like been flying in the air and gone like boop, boop, while they're zooming past the Republic ships. I mean, come on. Here's a free idea. The alpha purgle, they're talking to it. It opens its mouth to take in Ahsoka's ship, but first they need to let out this flying shrimping boat helmed by <laughs> mr Mackey, and he says he says hey toot toot and he and he and rosario dawson give each other finger guns yep. and then the the boat flies away and then guess what kevin guess what david all of our questions all of our desires are sated it's simple well even if i'll take it a step further you put that oh, boat. You put that boat in one of those purgles' mouths. We go shooting away. The purgles end up in Peridia, and then one purgle kind of looks at the other one, opens its mouth, and Sam says, "Hey, thanks for the ride. Can you give me one more lift?" And then it shoots off, and then it just arrives in Earth. And there we go. It's done. That's how Sam Wilson's boat came from all the way from Cetos all the way to Earth. I mean, it's really simple. You're not you're not getting you're not getting paid the big bucks to be in the Marvel genius room or anything like that. It was just <laughs> off the top of your head. Like, so get it just get it together for God's sake. Get it together. You know who else is getting it together? The fall lineup at Amazon Prime. You got some more reads from our sponsor? I do the you know they've had to shift some because of the strikes uh so but very excited about the the offering uh next up they've got real squid game uh contestants <laughs> escape escape from within a real giant squid uh and then it says bring oh. bring the horse god the leviathan's mighty beak I don't know <laughs> you know but that's streaming now uh the next is how did this get paid? Which is a reality competition show where Amazon management sees who can come up with the most creative form of wage theft. And then uh, <laughs> they also have a, a competition series called Who Will Bathe Jeffrey? It's a battle royale camp competition. The ultimate winner will be allowed to bathe Jeff Bezos one time. Oh, oh my God. What a, that's, I think that's a lose-lose for all involved. <laughs> and will that be the first time that he has bathed? Who knows? You know, I think usually he just uh, he he just gets sandblasted to get the upper <laughs> layer of skin off of his dermis, and then he's he's cleansed for another week. I love it, um, Alex. You know what time it is now? It's my favorite time of the week, buddy. It's game time, baby. Here oh, we go. Yeah. Here comes the. I love it. Yeah. Here we go. It's so good. All right, you ready for this week's game? Let's do it. Many actors have played the iconic character Alfred Pennyworth in all of the Batman properties. Currently, Andy Serkis is playing the character in Matt Reeves's The Batman. But really, only one actor was the perfect Alfred, and that is Sir Michael Caine. Speaking of Michael Caine, I was made aware of the following story about Kane just this week, and I'm going to do it in Michael Kane's voice. I was at a party in the Philippines, and the hostess was looking at me rather nastily. Finally, she beckoned me over and said, Are you a drug dealer? When I said, No, why do you ask? She said, Well, why is everyone calling you my cocaine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. 
So to commemorate this man's life and all of his insane stories, we're going to play a game called Are You Able to Cane? <laughs> I'm already laughing at my own jokes. Wow. I'm going to I'm going to read a fact about Michael Cain and you have to tell me if it's true or not. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Here we go. Number 1. Michael Cain voted for Brexit. Yes. Yes, he did. That's true. Sir Michael Caine has admitted that his vote for breakfast bre- bre- for breakfast. His vote for <laughs> breakfast. His vote for Brexit was about freedom rather than racism. I think it will be all right. I voted for Brexit. What is what it is with me? I'd rather be a poor master than a rich servant, he told Sky News. <laughs> okay. What the Ready hell? Oh, I know. Jesus. Ready for number 2? Let's do it. His real name is Maurice Joseph Nickel White Jr. True or false? True. That is true. <laughs> he changed his name to Michael Caine at the behest of his acting teacher. And I think I speak for all of us when I say thanks for changing it. Yeah, please. I, I, was, I don't think the, the uh, marquee would accommodate Ding Dong Postlethwaite or whatever it was before. <laughs> Maurice Joseph Nickel White Jr. Get out right, of ready here. For, ready for the next one? Heave it on me. <sighs> His real, real name is Mickey Jonas Picklewipple. True or false? <laughs> I'm going to say that's false. That is false. That is false. Ready for the next one? Let's do it. His real, real, real name is <laughs> Jockey Mickle Donkey Jippins. True or false? <laughs> 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 no, that one is true. That's true. Uh, no, that's still false. All right. Oh, dang one? it. Dang it. Yeah, hit me. Ready for the next one? His real, real, real name. Sorry, his real, 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 real name is Jappy Flappy Conky Wicky Tuber <laughs> Flopper Bopple Whippy. True or false? <laughs> Again, that's Jappy Flappy Conky Wicky Tuber Flopper Boppy Whipple. True or false? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say false. Yes, that is false. Okay. All right. You ready for the last one? <laughs> yeah. Again, the last one was Jappy Floppy Conky Wiki Tuber Flopper Boppy Whipple. Okay. All right. You ready for this one? True or false? Let's have it. His his wife's name is Shakira. True or false? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is true. His wife's yeah. name is Shakira. It's not the Shakira, <laughs> but his wife's name is Shakira, Shakira Kane. And that was, are you able to Kane? There we go. That was fantastic, man. Jockey Mickle Donkey Jippins. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite one. I, I know. That was when I had to take a deep <laughs> breath because I didn't think I was going to even get it out cleanly. <laughs> you got a whole other idea. Cleanly. I had a whole other idea for the game. Like what the game we were going to play within the game. And then I read his real name and I was like, nope, I got another idea. <laughs> yeah. Have at. Flap- Mickey Jonas Pickle Whipple. <laughs> Pickle Whipple. Yeah. All right. Whew. Shit. All right. Oh, that, All one right. of those, right. that hit me really hard. That was, that's exactly what she said. I'm going to, now is the part of the game, the game, the show. When we, hold on, let me read my notes. Let me read my notes. Oh, this is a. Uh, Hoopla Recommendations, Hoopla, the uh, website where you can put in your library card and you can check stuff out from the library, including digital comics, like from the content we're talking about. Alex, do you have a recommendation for the folks? I'm still going through Swords of X or X of Swords. It's It's got a lot of 
comic book in it. It's I think it's maybe like 30 issues or something. Massive crossover. Uh worth worth your time uh invested in it. It's just great. I just read the phrase the phrase forged in hell in it. So that's kind of cool. Forged in hell. That's um, Will Arnett talking about the new Dodge Ram. The Dodge Ram is forged in hell. Um, I am going to recommend any of the Marvel Star Wars Vader comics. Um, they're, all of these are so great. I've recommended them before. Um, there's one by Robbie Thompson that I love a lot. It's from actually from the Target Vader is the run. These are all really awesome storylines. There's at one point he rides like a horse-like beast, but it's just, you know... We saw Anakin. Let's see some more Darth Vader, and you can read about him in Marvel Comics on Hoopla, putting in your library card. And I'm Will Arnett. There we go. Love it. Love it. All right. We have one more final take from the fall offerings from Prime Video. Yeah. Th- one last selection of the what you can find on during fall launch, bingeable now. Uh, the untitled redubbed cartoon, which is uh, it's the adventures of a man who becomes a sandwich after he has an affair with a human foot. So that's Whoa. very exciting. What? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> s- slap masters, and then it just says Google it. Slap competitions are real. Uh, the last show, them. I have seen them on TikTok. It is a real thing. Yes, they are real. The last show is called Help Me, Jeffrey. It's a reality competition. Watch as throngs of regular people like you approach Jeff Bezos, seated on a throne, and ask him to literally change everything about their entire lives with the snap of a finger finger, like some kind of reverse Thanos, while he always refuses to, like a regular Thanos. (laughs) It's wild to me that Thanos is in terms of sheer looks is like a 12 compared to Jeff Bezos. And Thanos is a person who star Lord accurately claims has a scrotum on his chin. So, you know, that's saying something. Yeah. He doesn't look uh, blasted. I feel like, I feel like more than any of the other rich guys, Jeff Bezos looks like he's feeling all the hate we're sending his way. A hundred percent. He looks it's, like he is. It's he looks, him. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like it is. He is about to cripple from all the pressure at any point. <clears throat> Oof. Um, what did your? I know. What did your dogs think of uh, episode five of Ahsoka? Uh, my my dogs. My Lupo was kind of off topic. He went. He went. You know what? All these rich guys fear the most is the loss of time. That's the one thing they can't buy. And I was nope, like, Jesus can't. Christ, Lupo, that was big time. <laughs> that was big time. Huge, dude. That is huge. Huge. Uh, Mabel- true. Mabel didn't make it out of the out of the uh, bedrooms, so she is still this show. As much as we're vibing with it, it is not at her wavelength. Which you know, she's a dog, so sometimes things are going to hit, and sometimes things aren't. But Ahsoka definitely is not hitting with her. And you know what? I'm going to love her anyway because they're dogs. That's, I th- uh, you know what? That's that's all we can do. Frankly, I think. Yep, that's all you can do. Whether they whether they like your nerd content or not, you got to love them dogs. Um, <laughs> Alex, where can the folks find you? Uh, at Duke underscore Midnight M I D N I T E, and uh, check us out on the latest episode of the Fan Controlled Show. I think we uh, yep. we had a we had a blast with those guys. They they run a tight ship over there, and it was uh it was good to set sail with them. Yeah, watch us. We're on the last half hour of the show. That was a lot of fun. You can find me at Kenny G Donut King on Threads and Instagram. Kenny G Stevenson on TikTok and the Twitch. And we did it. I'm very excited to talk more. I'm just 
which we're going to be talking about Ahsoka for the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited to talk about this show because it's great. Period. And we'll be story. thinking about it for the rest of our lives. <laughs> for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Somebody hire us to do voiceover, please. Please do it, please. Please do it, please. My please. my mom says I- that's so true. And on that note, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>